Well, today begins another new week of broadcast for Truth to Ponder. And during this week, we're going to be sharing some changes about how we do this radio program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Got several stories that I want to share with you at the beginning of today's radio program. Back in 2020, when we started doing Truth to Ponder, the big stories of the day were, of course, COVID-19 and, of course, the upcoming 2020 election here in the United States. Those were the stories that dominated this radio program from the very beginning. And you would have thought that by now, some of these stories would have faded away and been replaced by new ones. But sad to say that some of these same stories are still lingering after over three years. In fact, some of these stories have really been around, I think, getting close to four years. Next month, and we will mark it here at Truth to Ponder, will be the anniversary of a little gathering in New York City. It was put on by Bill Gates, John Hopkins University, and and other NGOs and government organizations to wonder how would you respond to a worldwide coronavirus pandemic. And this was held on October 18th of 2019. It was called Event 201. And this tabletop exercise was based on what they called a totally fictional scenario. And they had all these things breaking to see how governments and and these organizations would respond and what they would do if there was a massive global pandemic. I want to remind you, I want to take you back to 2017. 2017, a very obscure to most people government bureaucrat at the beginning of the Trump administration made this ominous claim. The issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. Now, let me be as clear as I possibly could be. I think that Fauci knew, knew all the way back in 2017, maybe back in 2016, he was playing with viruses. I don't care what lies he is told, and I'm going to come out and say it. The man is a liar. The man thought he could get away with it. The man thought he's unfireable. I'm I'm the wealthiest, I'm the highest paid employee in the government. 
Plus, don't forget that he and his organization make millions of dollars off pharmaceutical companies and patents that they hold. Oh, yeah. Many people like Fauci, he made 400 and some odd thousand dollars a year for a salary, but there are millions of dollars in royalties being paid to him on patents for viruses. Now, there's something totally wrong with this. Somehow he knew this day was coming. How did he know? As I said, he had been dealing with companies in the past, and I've mentioned this on prior programs, EcoHealth Alliance, Dr. Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, and a lot of other places that were doing gain-of-function research. Now, the little cockroach has lied more than once to the American people, the United States Congress, the United States Senate. He doesn't care. He believes he's totally untouchable. And I pray that that day comes where he realizes he's not. So you look at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and Health Security Center, where they got together with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to host this Event 201, a high-level pandemic exercise. It occurred on October the 18th, of 2019 in New York City. Now, in this particular tabletop exercise, in case you never had a chance to read about it, it didn't last that many hours. And they had all these pre-recorded, you know, phony news broadcast, staff briefings, moderated discussions to see how people and governments and agencies would react to a coronavirus outbreak. In this case, it was supposedly a coronavirus that came out of pigs in South America. Hard to believe that within a couple of months, it was going to be a coronavirus from bats in Wuhan or somewhere in China. And it was all allegedly natural. You remember how much they told you All this stuff is totally natural. It's not man-made. Come on, people. Get with the program. They knew. And I'm more and more convinced too much of this was well-planned. The dashboard that we all use to have the death kicker and the number of people that were getting infected was developed by John Hopkins University for Event 201, and they just turned it on for COVID-19. It should make somebody wonder. And then we were told during the Trump administration there would never be a vaccine. Uh, Operation Warp Speed is a waste of time. The little cockroach, Fauci, said it could take years. They already knew they had one. And they knew they had one back in 2019. They played games. It was right after the election that they announced they had it because they didn't want Trump to win or get any credit for it. Now we're finding out this vaccine is useless. Does not stop you from getting or spreading the virus. There was this nurse in Canada back in 2021. Matter of fact, two years ago today, and she had a little posting on TikTok, 
And she was so aggravated with everybody that would that just refused to take the experimental vaccine. Oh, guys, I am just fuming over the fact that our health care system has collapsed. I truly hope that in Alberta, if someone comes into the ICU and they are unvaccinated for any reason other than a medical exemption because of, of whatever reasons they've been given. Um, and if there's a 90-year-old who comes in who's vaccinated and a 20-year-old that comes in that's unvaccinated for no reason other than their arrogance and ignorance, I truly hope that the bed goes to the 90-year-old. I do not know why in any world that has any justice, we are going to lose people who've done their civil duty, who have actually gotten vaccinated to try to protect people regardless of their age. We would lose them over the people who couldn't give about anyone but themselves and literally we're laughing at the fact that the, evac- the pro-vaxxers were going so crazy over this sure you know what then you get sick with anything i don't even care if it's not covid related you don't deserve an icu bed we're at that point man i am pissed <sighs> and so what do we know now we know the vaccine never stopped anybody from getting or spreading covid19 plain and simple it was a lie it increasingly is a lie And the media buries all of those stories about people that are injured, medically disabled, and yes, many that unnecessarily died. We'll probably get back to that topic a little bit more later this week. Yeah, the COVID-19 pandemic. And you still have places that believe in the magic mask and and face diapering and and just get vaccinated it doesn't work but they keep going back and they try to make you believe the same lie all over again it can be depressing my co-host today is kelly rush and i want to talk to her about these stories and others matter of fact kelly i ran into this story and i want your comment in a moment There is a Virginia House candidate. She's a Democrat, Susanna Gibson. This is for the State House. And I'll just suffice it to say near the Richmond area. And she made a lot of money doing sex tapes. And now now the New York Times is saying the video was leaked. Some evil Republican and conservative leaked the video. This is a woman and her husband putting out pornography. And she claims it's a leak. Kelly, what say you? It was not leaked. There's no way. Either they're just... They recorded it because they wanted to make money. That would be the only other reason. Mm Mm-hmm. And they made a pretty good amount from what we're learning. And now you have the Washington Post, the New York Times coming to her defense like she's the victim. Of course. What do you mean, victim? There was no leak. I'm sorry, because this is the digital equivalent of having sex in public. And as far as sex tape, there's no tape. It's 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 forever buried in the Internet. And it's I don't understand how people don't can't figure out that this kind of stuff is there forever. It ain't going away. And does she think that nobody was going to know? And here's the worst part. She's a nurse practitioner and it's all about health. It's all about the children, like her two small kids. Yeah, nothing, isn't it nice to have your little kid find out mommy and daddy do porn online for money? And she wants to be a representative right. in the state of Virginia. What does this state come down to? What What does our government come down to across the nation? 
We don't have statesmen anymore. We just have politicians. What are some of the political things you've seen where where you are that should be a cause for concern? Um, gosh, Bob, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I watch mostly national stuff. Um, and I try to ignore the Maryland politics because I hate them so much. I, I get it. <laughs> It's like being in Long Island, you know, you're, you're, if you're a conservative in Suffolk County, Long Island, and or a conservative in a small county like Wayne County up near Lake Ontario, there's not much you can do because the New York City and Westchester machine control everything. Yeah. And, and so 95% of the landmass is represented by, you know, by one party that is not looking after their interest. I mean, it's sad. It is. And I'm, and I'm 45 minutes from Washington, D.C. So we have a lot of commuters, a lot of government workers who live out here because it's cheaper than living in D.C. And, you know, they commute in. So it's kind of just crazy around here. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. It was so much easier living in Florida and Texas. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean... I li- look, I live in Virginia, but I live, thankfully, yes. in an area that is probably the farthest away you can get from Richmond and D.C. I'm at the exact opposite. I'm, you know, D.C. is in the northeast part of Virginia. I'm in extreme southwest Virginia. It, it's like a seven, eight-hour drive from here to D.C. Good. And, and, the law, and, and I mean, <laughs> it, it's another world. I, I, I can get down to South Georgia in less time than I can get to DC from here. Right. I'm I'm basically three and a half hours from the mountains of Georgia. I am three and a half hours to South Carolina. I'm seven hours to DC and thanks be to God for that. I mean, it's I, I feel like it's another world from here. But I look at the people, what they have to put up with in this state that Thankfully, Yunkin won the election back in 2021 as governor of the state. And he did it because even in places like Loudoun County, which are nothing but federal government workers, that's where they all live, work, and play. You know it and I know it. They they keep voting for Democrat because they don't their moral compass is all about their retirement their income, yes. the fact they can't be fired in the jobs they do, even though they do a lousy job, they've got jobs for life no matter who's in the White House. And they'll just keep voting for Democrats because they think it's a thing to do. They, they And they want to be accepted by everybody on their street and at the country club and at their Episcopal church or what if they even go to a church. I mean, this is what government has become and I don't think our founding fathers ever intended for this. What is what did you what do you think about when you see all these government workers in the grocery stores? Well, I don't really see them in the grocery stores. Well, they using, must eat out, or, <laughs> or they or they use delivery services. They they just don't act like you know they they don't live like anybody else. They live they in don't. their they live in their gated communities. They in commute their bubble. They, they don't understand the, you know, how wh- why is gas so expensive, or it doesn't matter to them because they have the money to pay for it. And in many cases, a lot of them are using public transportation. They don't drive their car that much, right? I mean, 
you've got, I think, in Virginia, there's uh, there's a commuter line that runs into D.C. There's also the same in Maryland. There's the same in Delaware. You've got train service to get you into your federal job in D.C. Oh, I know there are a lot of people that drive. Uh, I get that, but I think there's almost as many that probably commute. And now you get to be ultimately lazy. There's still, you got people that they don't want to go back to their office since Corona. Right. They, they think they can work from home. Right. I work from home because this has been just a very tiny radio show and it doesn't need an office per se. But I don't understand how people can work where they're supposed to have meetings. I, I've tried to do Zoom meetings with people because of necessity and I'm not impressed. I, I'm simply not impressed with these online meeting systems. They're, they're terrible. They, they really don't do what they claim they can do. There's something about true human interaction that is so much better. Have you had to deal with anything in the last few years using Zoom and stuff like that? No, I stay away from that. You're lucky. <laughs> I am lucky. I, I, I did it during the coronavirus when I was called back from working, you know, from being retired. And we had to do a lot of that so we wouldn't spread the virus to each other, you understand. And so everybody was, you know, hiding out in their hotel rooms and, and their homes and, their, and wherever. And we're all trying to meet on Zoom. And it spent more time disconnecting. Uh, can you say that again? I didn't hear you. Or the video dropping. I mean, it, this is ridiculous. Well, you know, it, Zoom, it kind, you know, it kind of reminds me of the masks because I have a friend who used to own a restaurant um, and was very successful for many years. And then he had to, he lost it after COVID. Mm. But when he was closing down, he lost all his staff and he had like two days to go. And he said, can you come here and help me out? I said, sure. Well, I found that people, because we had the masks on, that even though we were right in front of each other, it was there was a disconnect. It was like a wall. It was some kind of mental block. Yeah. Even though we were right next to each other, you know, you don't really want to talk because you have that mask on. It's just some kind of mental thing. And I think that's the same with Zoom. They're not there with you, so you know, there's you're not really connected. Human beings people- are designed to interact with each other, not electronically, but really, we are social creatures by God's design. I mean, that's what we are. And those nuances, how our body language, our eyes, the way we interact, not our heads. If you're on a Zoom screen, you really, you're only looking at the guy talking. You're missing the reaction of everybody else in the room. Yeah. And it becomes just like, okay, your turn to talk, and now the thing goes to you. And then there's a lag and a delay. And, and it, you know, you get things done. But I learned one thing. What takes two hours on a Zoom call can normally be done in 20 minutes in person. Correct. And so I don't see how it ever saved any time. Oh, it's made technology people wealthy. but I And I, and I use it occasionally for doing interviews, but then it's at least it's a one-on-one right. uh, when I do that, when I've had to use Zoom. But the idea for me to be in a meeting with five other people, it's, it's ridiculous. We, it's the interaction. But then again... We have become slaves to our own devices, uh, the smartphone being one of them. And, and we all, in this day and age, it seems increasingly you have to have one to get anything done in this world, whether it's banking, 
uh, whether it's buying something, whether it's getting the weather. Increasingly, we are pushed to the cell phone as our device of choice. People now, instead of communicating by phone, we just use our thumbs and talk to each other in short little tiny sentences. And we're losing that interaction. And I have to wonder, and I'm going to make a statement. I want your opinion on this. Think about this for a second. Do you think that the enemy of our soul is using this technology to divide us from each other and toss us into isolated camps? Yes, absolutely. What I'm seeing is we are being divided like we never have been before. The other night, I was thinking back in my early days, being married, owning a house, working for a radio station, long days. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have cell phones. Didn't I didn't even have a pager until the 1980s when I had to uh, in a job that I had being on call. But prior to that, I went to work and I drove to work, did my thing, spent some time meeting clients all day. And I would check into the office once or twice a day to see if I had any important calls or messages. Today, we don't, we can't disconnect from our jobs anymore. There are employers now that they expect you to have your phone on 24-7 in case they need you. They don't want to pay you, but they, we are, we have become slaves to our jobs, our careers. I know that I put a lot of hours in in the work that I did, but I can tell you one thing. Back in the 1970s and into the 1980s, when I left work, I left work. That was the end of it until the next day. And I was able to spend more time with my wife at the time. I realize even doing this radio show, there are times that I can't even disconnect in the evenings any longer. Right. I watch too much. Go ahead. I think that was the the purpose of COVID. They know that technology divides us. So, okay, let's take it to the next step. You know, first thing they close down, bars and restaurants. That's where people gather, like after work. Mm -hmm. When they're trying to like disconnect us, relax a little bit, that's the first thing they close down. So then they're isolated in their homes. And, you know, so I think they, they know this. Technology divides us and, you know, the COVID, you know, the lockdowns divided us. And that's their goal, divide and conquer. That's what I worry about the most. And and I think younger people that have only known, well, I can remember 10, 12 years ago, young people knew about computers and the beginnings of the internet. Now, when somebody is 20 years of age, they pretty much, since they were teens, have been attached to some kind of a phone that can text and now do more. They, they don't use radio anymore. They use a phone for their for apps to get music. They don't even know what a radio is right. in many cases. And here, here I am, one of the last voices left on shortwave. A lot of people have abandoned it saying, oh, let's go online. It's easier. It's cheaper. And my answer is there's also another 100,000 people pretending that they're doing a radio station or a podcast. How are you going to get above the noise? And so I'm I'm still devoted to radio. Uh, some people in on the shortwave dial they come and go. We've been here from day one and will continue to be here. We're not going to pull the plug because this I, I have this belief that this medium 
Sure, we have a lot of people that listen online. I get it. But I, I've told the story before about the young gal that woke up in the middle of the night with the word shortwave in her mind and didn't even know what it was. Looked it up online, ended up buying a radio and found this radio program. It's like when it was going into its second year and has been listening out west ever since. I, I believe God is going to call people to find these radios again. And not even knowing what they're buying, somebody will have it in a presentation for being prepared you know, that emergency radio. Yes. And I'll tell you, if your emergency radio just has AM, FM, and the weather, that's not enough of a radio because, once again, that weather radio is controlled by your federal government. And local radio stations are more fearful of what they do because they are so much of a target. International stations, not so much. And that's why I choose to be here on, on International Shortwave. Now, what are some of the topics that really, I don't want to use the word get under your skin. Kelly, what are some of the topics that you are most concerned about and and want to do a deeper dive in that we should really be bringing to the hearts and minds of people? Um, The fact that everything we're experiencing now has been predicted in the Bible. Amen. Amen. And how do we get people to understand the depth of all this? I mean, it's not, look, one of the issues with doing a program like this that I have learned in the two years, three years, three years, where's the time gone? There's some listeners out there, they're they're hobbyists, and they they probably disagree politically with everything we're saying, and that's fine. You you have the right to believe anything you want to believe. Uh, And as long as you're willing to stand up for it and... uh, be guided by that, that, that's your choice. I just see the media as I knew it growing up becoming nothing but a shill for one side of, of a political conversation, one side of a narrative, and one side of, of quite often misinformation. That This government that we are in, we now know, uh, contrary to what the New York Times says or anybody else, They've been the ones suppressing free speech. It's like uh, last week, speaking of, you know, constitutional insanity, governor of New Mexico, I have the right to suspend your rights. Right. Where did you find that in the Constitution? Well, I just assume that I have it. How do we deal with people like that? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, figure it out for myself because I can't even convince some family members that that there's a, a connection between everything that's happening and what was predicted in the Bible and that this is all part of it and it all works together. They don't seem some of them just don't seem to grasp. And they're not evil people. You know, they just don't get it. It's just they don't understand that spiritual element of it all. To me, and and I'm thinking about this the other day, we put our kids in a public school system, most most parents do, not that many can afford to put them in a Christian school or a private school. Uh, many parents feel ill-equipped or afraid to try something like, you know, homeschooling. Yet, I, I've met so many that have homeschooled their kids that have been incredibly successful. You know, that that's the only way to put it, incredibly successful at doing it. These kids, 
when you think about it, for what, 10 months out of the year at least, for more hours in the day than parents ever interact with the kids, they're being influenced more by their school and their teachers than they are by their parents, and maybe if they even go to a church, their church. And increasingly, young people today, the parents don't go to church, so the kid has no concept whatsoever, just the little bits and pieces that he hears from a teacher or somebody else or some social media influencer. And don't think your 10-year-old kid is not being influenced by these, and I'm going to say many of them are, are downright evil, individuals on social media. Parents don't have a chance anymore today if they don't turn it around and take over the raising of their children. And, and then they're, you know, when you try to do that, you know, the government comes down on you. I mean, you hear the stories of parents disciplining their kids and then, you know, uh, they call 911. You know, I received those threats by my daughter. Oh, you're not going to touch me. I, you know, not that I was really touching her, but you're not going to do that. I'll call 911 on you. And they learn that at school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. They learn that from teachers. They... This whole process, and you're right, you go back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it started with kids being empowered to disobey parents, and they knew how to play the system to get their way. And let's be honest, any kid, if, they can, if anybody ever empowers a kid to get their way, instinctively, we're going to do it. I would have probably been the same way if I thought I could get away with it when I was, oh, what, maybe eight, nine, or 10, or 12. Right. But we, I did, I came up in a time where that was just not going to happen. The police officers were going to side with your father or mother, not with the child, 99 times out of 100. Today, we've, we have warped the laws. We have destroyed the education profession. They are now indoctrinators, not educators. Kids are terrible at math, English, history, but they are into gender identity and sexuality by the time they're 11 years old. And this is our public schools. And what do our Gestapo police do in places like Loudoun County? When the father complains, my daughter was raped in your school by a phony transgender boy, and then you hid the boy and you denied it ever happened, what do they do? They tackle him and arrest him, and the school board pretends with, well, this is how we do things here. And they really believe these kids are theirs. How do we fight that? I think the only way we can fight it is Christians have got to start banding together and saying yes. enough is enough. Yeah, it's definitely a spiritual thing for sure. And, uh, you know, we got to come back to, we got to come back to God. I, I know that I go back enough time now, being at my age, I didn't have to worry about going to a school board meeting 40 years ago because I knew all the teachers in that town. I knew where they went to church. I knew how they, re I just knew these individuals as people that were very honorable and you, and they would talk to you about your, your kid. I mean, they really, they really would. Today, you've got teachers and I've, I've shared on this radio program dozens of times some of these indoctrinating teachers out there. And what they're trying to do is separate the child from the parents. Like in California, you know, they, they, 
if you if your child wants to be a girl and you don't affirm it, the state wants the right to take your child from your home. Now this, this has gone too far. Yeah. And and I and I'm my fear is that most Americans are just going to just grin and bear it. Well, it doesn't affect me, or it's not happening that I know of in my town. So why do I want to get involved? And who has the time to get involved when you work all day and then you have you know stuff at home and yeah. kids have sports? There's just no time for any of that. I like like protesting. You know, um, when it came, Maryland did a lot of protests during COVID. And I participated in some, but um, I wasn't working at the time. I had the time to do that. It was mostly women, you know, like women who stayed at home. Nobody else has time, even though they agreed with us. It was time to go out and, and you know, take on these issues. Kelly, we've got to take a break right now. And we will be back on the other side with much more of the program Truth to Ponder. This is Bob Bierman along with Kelly Rush today here on this Monday edition. We're looking at how to improve this radio program. It's gonna take a little bit of time to work everything out, but I believe we've come to a point where we can do a better job in serving you, the listener to Truth to Ponder. We started on faith three years ago. And for those that don't know the story, I was thinking over the summer of 2020, after having worked in emergency management, seeing what was going on, I became incredibly concerned. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought maybe put out a little video to a handful of my friends once or twice a week, just some commentary, give them some inside information, some hope. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night saying, no, do this program on shortwave and do it every day. Not just a weekend show, every day. Put something out there. And after a lot of prayerful consideration, I put aside the idea of doing any video for the time being and put all my efforts into making this radio program a possibility. The biggest problem is going to be, how do you pay for the airtime? Frankly, I'm not a wealthy individual. Airtime is not inexpensive. And so I, I prayed about it. And one day I was talking to a friend, someone I've known for several years. And he just happened to call me out of the blue one day and said, what you up to? I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing this radio program and doing it on short wave. He goes, that's great. When are you starting? I said, when I can afford to buy the airtime. So he said, how much would it take? For a few months, I told him, and he invested, and we started. And you've been faithful to keep us pretty much head above water since. But we really could use your help again. If you've never supported this program, today's the day to do it. You can do it from our website, truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. Or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319, Ancient Word Radio, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman, your divine therapist, coming up. 
Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a real, very special gift in a moment. And there are people who go into therapy to solve their problems. There are believers who believe in therapy and there are believers who don't. But in one sense, we're all to be in therapy. You see, in Acts 4, the Lord heals a man and the apostles are put on trial for it. And the word used for the healing is therapio which means therapy, or we get the word therapy from that word from in the Bible. And, and this is the power of Messiah, because it's the power of Messiah that healed the man. That's the power of therapy. It means Messiah is therapeutic. If you're in Messiah, you're in therapy. We are all in therapy, and we've got a Jewish doctor, and there's no charge for the sessions. You can't miss it. You see, your whole life is to be a life of healing, becoming more whole, more and more sound, more and more functional as a child of God that you were meant to be. But for that to happen, you need to go to your session. You have to be in therapy. You have to spend time with your therapist. Opening up your heart, opening up your soul, opening up your life, opening up your wounds and your fears and your needs, all of it. Let your heavenly Jewish doctor, your heavenly therapist, have his way with you. Let him make you truly whole. That's his will. See, whenever you're in prayer, you're with him. You're in therapy. Just being with him, that brings healing. You want to become truly whole, then spend more time with him. Because in him is your healing. His name is Adonai Rafa, the Lord our healer. Sar Shalom, the Prince of Shalom, fullness, because Messiah is the heavenly therapist. You're heavenly therapist, and you just happen to be in therapy. <laughs> Want more? Ask for healed and in the judgment hall from the book of Acts. Now, what if somebody offered you a gift of a million dollars? Well, what would you say? Something better than that. A strong and victorious life with God is better. I want to offer you something that will help get that happen. A free subscription to Sapphire's Vitamins for Your Spirit and the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. All free. You'll love it. How do you get your free gifts? Easy. Just remember... Yeshua, Jesus' real Hebrew name, and you dial it. To receive your free gifts, just call 1-800-Y-E-S-H-U-A-1, Yeshua 1. That's your that's Yeshua. That's all you have to remember. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-Y-E-S-H-U-A-1, Yeshua 1. Now, I invite you to join me in the harvest, the world harvest, the global harvest. You don't need a plow, just an open heart and a pen. You can reach the unreached peoples of the world. The farthest way you can ever impact the world is through shortwave radio. It's amazing. How? Just call 1-800-Yeshua 1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111. That's in Lodi. L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's, it's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Adonai Rafa, the Lord, our healer. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman, along with co-host Kelly Rush today. And Kelly, I know it's it's kind of interesting for you to get back into doing radio again. It's not easy. I, I know what it was like for me three years ago. I'm almost afraid to listen to some of the first programs that we did. But it comes with with time. And, and I knew that there was a reason that God called me to do the program. Back then, the, the item du jour was COVID-19. And all things COVID, we hadn't even gotten to the vaccine yet. We were upcoming on the 2020 election. And there were two things on my heart and my mind. Number one, 
Too many people were saying, oh, Trump's got it in the bag, man, nothing to worry about. He's going to be, it's going to be like Reagan in, 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 you know, 84. And I kept saying, I don't care about how big the rallies are. I don't care that only a dozen people show up standing in these 20-foot circles near Biden, you know, and, and nobody's showing up to his events. I said, I don't trust them. I, I simply don't trust them because of what's been going on with COVID over the past several months and state by state by state, including Georgia, with a so-called Republican rhino at the helm, were making deals for these mail-in and pickup and no signature verification ballots. And I'm going, you don't, you don't understand. There's going to be, this is going to be like Coleman back in uh, the early 2000s when he lost his Senate seat to a, uh, a mediocre comedian because they found ballots stuffed in trunks of cars. And, and I, my fear was then, it still is today, that the election of 2020 was stolen. I have no doubt. You, you can say, but Bob, there's no evidence. Well, yeah, there, nobody's ever heard the evidence. That's the problem. And I think they're getting. I think they've had this return of COVID. We'll get to that in a moment to facilitate another election steal in 2024. I see. I smell it. I see it. And we're being told that 2020 was the most secure election in the world, and this one will even be more secure. We'll find out. Quick story out of Canada, and I want your opinion on this. And we're going to turn back to. Oh, the topics a lot of people are concerned about how COVID and climate are about to destroy your life. It, it This goes to Canada. Two years ago, a lot of people, the big story up there, and we heard, I heard about it several times from listeners in Canada, about the supposed murder of so many indigenous children in Canada that were at these boarding schools run by, by churches. And as a result, when people found out that there was the murder of all these kids 100 years ago, churches got burned down because they were such hatred. How dare they do it? The British Civil, you know, Columbia Civil Liberties Union wanted to burn them all down and the schools with it. And so the Canadians were led to believe that thousands upon thousands of indigenous children were, were murdered by Christians in Canada. Well, they did some research, and they've been digging, and they've been looking for these supposed mass graves. And guess what they discovered? There are none. The whole thing was a lie. The whole thing. So you had people believing in COVID, then vaccines, and then believing that Christians murdered indigenous children at boarding schools in Western Canada because our prime minister said it was so. Now, the United States is no better. How truthful do you think people like, oh, I don't know, Anthony Fauci were regarding the coronavirus here in the United States and COVID is back. You know it and I know it. Yes. And we knew it was going to come back. Mm-hmm. They just let it they just let it let it settle for a little bit so that people kind of got over it and got used to, you know, being back to almost normal life um, so they can just bring it back again because we're complacent now a little bit. 
I, I'm starting to think the only reason that they allowed COVID to fade away and you had Biden out there at the Detroit Auto Show about a year ago, oh, COVID is over. Yeah, it's behind us now. We have a little work yet to do. To make him look like a hero. Yeah, number one, and and be able to, well, because the economy was tanking so terribly, if you didn't get things somewhat back to normal, the economy would get worse and worse. It, it's bad. Can you imagine how much worse it would be if we were still under lockdown conditions? Right. Absolutely. So. And I think they want also want to blame Christians. That's, you know, because, you know, the Christians tend to be more conservative, you know, lean against mass, against the COVID thing. So we'll, we'll come up with a story that makes Christians look bad. Like they and killed indigenous children in Canada. Right. And nobody's going to Or go they're digging. all racist. Oh, they right. did go digging and they couldn't find the graves. Yes, that was I know. the problem. I mean, when but they, they didn't, when they when they made the story, they probably didn't think anyone would bother to go digging. But they but did. They did, right? And now the story has magically vanished off the pages of Canadian news media. Sure, just like monkeypox or whatever it was. Oh yeah, that was another one that we knew <laughs> that was going to go nowhere. Right. Uh, another Fauci fraud. I mean, the guy's good at it. And and the guy has got a history of lying about everything. I mean, that we, we could have a vaccine for AIDS. Well, considering that AIDS is not a virus, how do you make a vaccine? I still haven't figured that one out. We do make vaccines that seem to give us uh, acquired immune de- deficiencies by taking too many vaccines. And that's one of my concerns about what people are doing to themselves now. We have these COVID vaccines and many legit scientists. Oh, I, I don't care what the New York Times said. I don't care what MSNBC or any of the, the, the buffoons and clown show think. I mean, these are not journalists anymore. They're propagandaists. Um, Chuck Todd, who just left, thanks be to, you know, he's no longer, um, I, they got a worse host now, if you can think of it, for Meet the Depressed. They now have another host that's even worse than chuck todd who was just an intellectually dead journalist i mean he's brain dead and now they got one that's even worse and so they're gonna they're gonna suck up to COVID. they're gonna suck up to transgenderism that all this has been don't you know that we've had this confusion since a thousand years ago where have you people been and i'm going i don't where where have you been i've been right here i've been right here <laughs> I don't remember anybody having issues with their what they were at birth growing up. I just don't recall it. Uh, but apparently we were told it's been out there and it's been massive. What's massive is there's a story, and I want your opinion on this one. Uh, this, is, this ought to be pretty easy. They discovered out in Arizona that these women studying to be nurses, or men, anybody in the nursing school, they're being told that when they get into the profession and they're interviewing for just the regular health screenings of three-year-olds, they need to ask what is their, what do they believe their gender identity is? Now, I don't Why? know. That's my question. Why? Why is that important? Who even knows about that at three years old? I don't think I knew about, thought about that at three years old. So they can indoctrinate. That's precisely the point. That. Right. You, it's confusion. I've mentioned this before. I have, she's much older now. Um, when I was living on the west coast of Florida many, many moons ago, had a granddaughter, little, little, cute little child, and and uh, 
I taught her how to swim. She was scared to death of the water. And by the end of that summer, she was like in the first, second grade, somewhere in there. She became a prolific swimmer. And then she saw the movie. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Little Mermaid. Okay. And she wanted to be a mermaid. Now, should I, because she now identifies as a mermaid, should have I had her legs cut off and splice in some fins? I mean, this is this is something a little child goes through. It's called pretend. Right. They get a chance to explore the world and they pretend they're this or that or the other. And I'm sure there could be even confusion because this is pre-puberty. There's not a whole lot in the body at that point before puberty that differentiates male and female except maybe a social construct that you're going to grow into physically. I mean, I can think that I want to be a girl, but I'm not going to turn into one naturally. And I, and unless I get my body destroyed, butchered, uh, unable to then reproduce, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. All these treatments have one thing in common. They will sterilize the boy or the girl. Yeah. They people Population control. They'll be sterilized. Yeah. Oh, they'll turn into a girl that can't have a child, or a the girl will turn into a man that cannot father a child. Right. And and, and this is this is insanity. And the, the the one story they don't want to talk about is how many of these how many of these kids have regrets later oh, in yeah. life. They don't want to talk about that. There's there's a gal being thoroughly censored on on most social media who is transitioning back to being what she was to begin with, a woman. And nobody wants to hear from her because it it goes against the narrative. And she's accusing these doctors of being just satanic butchers that that were in it for the money. And they never and she it took her years and she's still having to deal with the damage she's done to herself permanently that can never be undone and we have a buffoon in the white house who thinks it's a wonderful thing and he's got your back if you want to change your gender as if we have that power to change dna i don't see it what are some of the other i look at some of these other issues like climate change you take climate change uh you take covid you take keeping parents in fear about you know their children like in california uh, they're talking about if your child wants to be a girl and you disagree they may take your child from your home yeah then i think parents are getting to the point they're afraid to say anything absolutely they're afraid to make any waves they're afraid of being tackled at a school board meeting or have the fbi brand them a domestic terrorist and this is the world in which we live what are we going to do to stop it I think we need to get people to church, Amen. get people to accept the Lord and understand the relationship with the Lord. You know, And it's not just about going to church because I hear people talk, oh, well, maybe I should go to church and find God. Well, that's nice, but it's also about having a relationship and you got to understand that part of it. I don't think a lot of people understand what we have in, in America today. I'm going to put my pastor's hat on now for a moment. I've come to conclude that the worst thing that ever happened to the United States was its, quote, religious freedom enshrined in the Constitution, even though that's under challenge today. 
because we, we've ended up with what is called cheap grace and cheap Christianity in our nation. There's a guy by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was born in Germany in the beginning of the 20th century, and he was a theologian, and he saw what was happening to his country, and he spoke out on biblical grounds challenging Christians, how can you allow this evil to be growing in our nation? And people's attitude was, well, it's fixing the economy. It's That was really, I mean, when you think about what was going on in 1920s and 1930s Germany, Hitler didn't take over. He was duly elected to be the chancellor. Why? Because he promised a great economy in a very difficult time. And as those freedoms were being taken away by Hitler and his henchmen, Nobody dared speak up because it didn't affect them. Well, he's just going after the communists. Well, he's just going after some of the greedy trade unions, which I'm not a part of. He's just, he's just going after things that don't bother me until it came to you and there was nobody left to speak for you. Exactly. And this is where we're heading in the United States today. Now, Bonhoeffer was eventually put into a concentration camp and they, they, they hanged him to death two weeks before the camp was liberated and the war ended mm. just because he was hated that much for his foundational beliefs in Jesus Christ. He lost his life. He gave it up for the cause, so to speak. And he wrote a, and, and he wrote a number of books, but that line, cheap grace, is what I've always remembered from him. It, and, and I think cheap grace identifies vastly too much of the American church today. It's a take it or leave a church. It's, well, if I don't like what this pastor's saying and I don't feel comfortable, I'll just find a place where I am. There's no commitment anymore. It's all, you know, it's it's becoming a spectator sport. Yeah. You, you just go there to observe. Now, I know I do my church online. I get it. For those that have no church, they can get to but it doesn't really replace interacting with fellow believers. We're, we got a small congregation here. I'm trying to feed them the fullness of the scripture. It's not easy in this world. It's not easy to get everybody to show up on the same day. It's just the way it is because of our cultural Christianity. How many people do you know that go to church for just weddings and funerals? Yeah, most. Yep. And maybe an occasional Easter or Christmas Eve candlelight service. Right. Because it's a cultural thing to do. Tomorrow, I'd like us to get together again. And, and, and I want, I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to, okay. right here, right here in front of all the listeners, I'm going <laughs> to say, you know, I want, I want you to think about the topics that really move you and the stories that move you today and have moved you in the past and share. Okay. I, I think it's important. I mean, right now we're just trying to get used to the technology of doing this together. And, and I know it's not easy. You're, you're, you're sitting there in one room, um, hundreds of miles from where I'm at. And I'm sitting here with this equipment on my end, trying to put this, these first programs together. But there's a lot out there from the COVID hysteria to, I think, potential election interference. Uh, this, th- these prosecutions are well-timed. 
and the poor folk in Fulton County, Georgia are suffering. As yeah. we as we go into this week, is there any one topic? And I know I'm at it's it's sometimes hard to think. Is there any one thing that that maybe over the weekend or this past week that really made you wonder if we as a nation have a future? Yes. Um, to, to me, the, the biggest thing is the lockdowns and the election. I mean, uh, I'm just terrified that the lockdowns are going to come back and nobody's going to stand up and fight. Kelly, you can probably tell by the music in the background, we are beginning to run out of time for today's episode of Truth to Ponder. My co-host today, Kelly Rush, you'll be hearing more from her over the days and weeks ahead as we try to find the best way to put this radio program together. And we'll pick up on this topic tomorrow. The lockdowns, they're going to try it again. How successful they're going to be really depends upon you and many other Americans. There are people even on the, shall we say, left side of the spectrum that are not thrilled about the idea of being told to stay home, not being able to go shopping where they want to go shopping, not being able to be at a restaurant, having to wear these idiotic face diapers that don't do anything. And I'm amazed every day The studies are out there. These are undeniable studies that prove that a face mask doesn't change anything when it comes to a virus, period. End of discussion. 50 solid, well-done studies concluded the same thing. They don't work. We're seeing the vaccine doesn't work. It does not stop you from getting or spreading COVID. People will say, well, you need to get vaccinated to protect me and wear a face mask to protect me. Wait a minute. If the vaccine and face mask work, why do I need to wear one to protect you? And they look at you, but you have to. These are issues of compliance. These are not issues of health and safety. These are issues of control and compliance the most leftish universities where you think intelligence and research mean something, they're the first ones to go to the fake science. Do you believe in our work here? We need your financial support. Would you consider making a gift today? You can do it online at our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319, 24319. Once again, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. Kelly and I will be back again tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.